Hello beautiful friends, this is Claire and The Art of Life and I'm going to speak in this podcast about discernment and how we can navigate through these times where we're having vast amounts of information, downloads, new sensations and stuff thrown at us. Um, I'm coming to this podcast dedicated to my dad Cam, who said, oh, just got to move my cup of tea before the cat jumps inside it. Kitten, stop. Um, I'm, I'm speaking to a question that he pulled up. We've had many heated discussions, as I imagine that many of us have had with our families um, in the, the past couple of years. Um, trying to shift out of the polemic of this versus that, um, mainstream versus alternative, and step into a more panoramic view of reality, and bo- both a panoramic view and an embodied um, practice around what we know, what we act on, how we ingest new information, where we put the new information, and and so on. Um, first of all, the context of of how we take in information, we've been trained in very specific ways to passively accept information from so-called authorities external to us, which is inherently problematic in that (laughs) if we're depending on external sources for verification of facts and we're never self-referencing our own sentience and our own panoramic view, a view that's built up through living experience, if we're always referring even against our own feeling or sense of the thing to some external so-called authority or even source, then instantaneously we've we've opened ourselves to being imprinted by other things being influenced and programmed by things that are not us and that would be great if we were in a world where everybody was focused on spirituality evolution um health healing but Often the the kind of things that we're taking authority, taking information from, the kinds of authorities that that have been institutionalised and accepted as normal in our cultures, in most cultures in the world, they're usually relating to a system that is taking from us rather than giving to us. But guising as a givingness, <laughs> guising as a health service, um, a, a school, an education service, a political service, a governance service and counselling services. All of these aspects that, are, that make up our modern life, as it were, um, 
are profoundly distorted versions of of what the real thing is that they're representing that we we have been led to believe that they represent um and again i'm not going to go into this too much but i i'm assuming that listener friend that you have some awareness of this already but but the point i'm trying to get to rather than going into you know how corrupt the pharmaceutical industry is and so on and etc etc forever um politics blah 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 um i want to like hone in on this very specific um living relationship dynamic changing natural landscape which is how we take information in through our senses how we discern how we um sift and filter what we're hearing, how we recognise truth and how we let go of anything that, that is superfluous or conflicting or interfering, manipulative and so on. The beauty of thinking for oneself is that um, it gets easier and easier to do that. In fact, the more complex the landscape is, like now, where there's a lot of um, contradictory things contradicting the contradictions <laughs> and like multiple layers of contradictions, multiple layers of polemic that that are leaving a lot of people stuck in this really specific space of, if not rabbit in the headlights, then certainly... Um, somebody with a very tangled ball of wool that isn't really a ball of wool, it's just an entanglement of wool and they want to knit a jumper, they want to knit something they want to create something but they can't because they've got just a, a jumble and um, if you've ever had a bag of wool <laughs> that all the threads or wools have got all tangled up with each other and you're untangling them, they've somehow over the years been moved about a lot or travelled or some kids have played in it played with them and everything's become tangled up in each other and all the different colours are are inside each other it's a lot of work to unravel that and some things can't be unravelled and similarly in our minds when we have that much of a jumble of um, conflicting confusing sources and um, facts so-called facts facts that might not be facts facts that seem to be who are they being checked by fact checked facts which somehow uh, lead back the trail leads back to the pharmaceutical company who's profiting from people thinking like that around that lie that fact um yeah it's a it's a it's a beautiful glorious creative chaos that's going on in the world just now but as individuals as we see ourselves individually um, that can be profoundly um, stressful, uh, disabling. It can get in the way of us being able to make choices. And more importantly, it can get very much in the way of us being able to actually take in truth and actually recognise it as truth and actually act on it truthfully and in alignment with what's right and true. So again, coming back to the word discernment and what that might mean in all of this, 
um, when we have all the areas of our life connected up to external authorities and we're taking information about how we subsist, how to structure our day, um, how to recognise even what weather's coming, what plants are edible, what we should be spending our money on, what's ethical. Whatever we're applying to outside before we're asking our own self, before we make our decision, is an area in which we might want to put more of our attention and recognise how the energy goes out of us, how the thoughts go out of us, how we go to like a crutch or like a some kind of computing device. <laughs> we go externally first. Um, I want to give some examples because this has been really interesting. Um, I've been having some discussions with some brilliantly wise and embodied people, very conscious beings around the world about herbs and herbal medicine. And many of us have intimate relationship through nature, through gardens, with herbs and spices and leaves and flowers and all kinds of things that grow nearby. And we also, others of us or the same people, might also have a relationship with herbs through an organic shop or a supermarket, or ordering them online, or getting them from another country, or being interested in a modality from another country, uh, or another culture. And the, the interesting thing for myself about my own journey to being closer to herbs, and closer to stones, crystals, and things that are... Ow, don't bite me, my love. Uh, kittens biting me. Um, trying to communicate something <laughs> about the stones. Um, the more I built up a personal relationship, the more I recognised that there's the way directly to the source of a thing and directly through our own source, through the source of all things, to intimate relationship with everything. Like everything can be accessed through source, through its source through my source through the source of all things um meaning that there there is a way to connect there's a, a if not superior then a higher vibrational way a more flowing and a, a more optimum for our healthy mind body spirit way of connecting with everything and i mean everything from a bus ticket to the stones that make up your house, to the water that comes from the sky onto your house or garden, to online dating. I'll speak about that subject in another podcast. Um, but because of our conditioning into connecting with things contractually, it means that and as in buying the solution or going to an external authority or external agency, 
like a supermarket or an online ordering company, whatever, or a book or um, a school of thinking around a certain subject, we, by default, are coming up from our body into our front lobe consciousness, into language, entering into the structure of language, which is not the original thing. It's a map of the territory. It's not the territory itself. It's conceptualised vibrational sounds and incantations around a thing, but it's not the thing itself. The thing itself is growing in the garden. The thing itself is me going down to the garden in a certain time of the month, time of the day, and communing directly with the plant and the plant being ingested by me and transmitting on all these different levels, the living plant, the drying plant, me bringing the plant into a specific space so that it can dry, lying it on a balcony, cracking the nut open, taking the fruit out the nut, making a nut butter so that it'll last for longer and it's balmabile, uh, spreadable. All of these aspects of interaction with the plant bring all these different threads of feeling, dialogue, transmission, nourishment, inspiration, stimulation. Um, I, I wrote a, a post that I, I actually won a contest on the Hive, oh, which is really exciting for me. And it was a beautiful conversation about uh, what's your favourite herb? What's the herb that you're using most in your practice? Or what's your go-to herb or, or wild plant or foraged plant? And I spoke about nettles, ortica, um stinging nettles uh, that seem to grow all around the world. They're such an amazing plant and so conventionally considered invasive. And the beauty about writing about this herb in this specific place in the hive, um, hive.blog, decentralised cryptocurrency paying alternative social media, In this um, beautiful platform, a community inside that platform, which functions a bit like Facebook groups, but much more cool, <laughs> much more useful. Um, we, yeah, this, there was this contest asking, uh, gathering, uh, gathering us under the umbrella of this uh, challenge to write this week about something you love. And I realised in after I'd put my post, I, I did some research down the community and realised that quite a few people had spoken about nettles recently. Somebody had written about nettle powder, making nettle into a powder, uh, grinding it down so that you can put it in like as a nutritional powder that you can very easily mix it in with soups and use it as a soup thickener and add it to drinks, make a tea out of it and so on. And I thought, oh, that's really, yeah, that's a, a whole other dimension of it. Um. I was talking to a really lovely friend that I've met through a, an online dating agency for the awake, datingfortheawake.co.uk or .com, I think, um, a UK-based one. And, and he was talking about the Ayurvedic properties of nettle, which was uh, also very interesting. Um, and then there's the, like the holistic, even indigenous wisdom that's been handed down through my own family, neighbours, community, that I grew up with, about just knowing about that there's a high level of, of iron in it, 
but also that there's an energy, a character of the plant to the plant of the plant where the the conventional idea might be that it's an unfriendly plant, that it's uh, pushing you away. But of course, when you know a plant, like somebody was commenting on the hive that, oh, do you know another way about not getting stung by them? Like, how do you avoid getting stung by them? And firstly, I wouldn't necessarily avoid getting stung, but obviously I would use gloves to pick them because it would be quite painful to um, be picking them by hand and grasping the stems and cutting them. Um, I would always use rubber gloves for that. But when they're dried, they're not as stingy, but they are still stingy when they're dried out fully and the whole leaf is there. And I have them in a jar. Uh, I have them on a tree and I put them in a jar and I wouldn't think to resist being stung by them. In fact, when I did a bit of research around this, um, I found that there's a whole thing around stinging oneself with nettles, which I had an idea of around the Scandinavian cultures, that there's um, traditions of using stinging nettles and also doing very brave things like jumping, rolling around in the snow and jumping into ice cold water. Oof, <laughs> having grown up, up in a place where it cost a lot of water, a lot of money to heat water and heat the house in the winter, I've always associated being cold with suffering and punishment and I I wouldn't seek out to to get cold on purpose. I still have that in my in my being. I still seek heat <laughs> rather than seeking cold. But again, the, the whole thing of um stimulating stimulation of the sentience being something that wakes us up that that is good for our circulation that stimulates the heart that is actually strengthening the the heart and additionally the intimate relationship with something um, of picking it yourself and bringing it into the house I learned a lot through just doing that myself just just through doing that the act of going and doing it I, I, I started to feel like I'm I'm hearing the plant calling to me. Like it's time to pick nettles. Like you can't have too many nettles in your house. You can't have a big enough jar or a, a big enough bunch hanging from a, a hook in the cellar. Um, and there's a, there all, also something much more subtle in doing that regularly, drinking the tea, steaming with the herbs, sitting on a pot of herbs and, and steaming and healing the... Um, bringing nutriment into my pelvis, uh, strengthening my pelvis, etc. I started to feel a, a lot of subtle stuff that that later on doing more research around nettles and um, discerning and picking information from lots of different cultures and lots of different sources, I find that it it resonates somehow with what I'm feeling. I'm not I'm not coming up into my head choosing the plant from a list of symptoms that I know that it technically is applicable to I know that the plant will tell me when I need to eat it and it won't it doesn't involve me going into the symptom labeling it defining it as a solid thing perfectly conceptualized in a box and then finding the plant that perfectly connects with that symptom that to me is the the problem around discerning um, via logic, via 
external agencies, external information, external sources, ultimately, none of that is so relevant as when I'm living in my house, working in my studio, looking out on these gardens in front of my house and feeling called by the plant, by the sunshine, by the the refreshed earth, by the rain and being called to commune with. And that that ultimately, that whole story around nettles is ultimately coming to like where all of our information essentially might be better digested, better felt, better connected with, with better honed, honed, honed into. Um, ultimately, the the information that we get through all of our senses has either a livingness to it or a deadness to it and and a whole um, spectrum in between livingness or deadness. But ultimately, I, I personally am seeking healthfulness and healthfulness comes from being fully aligned with life and more aligned with life always because we've been conditioned to not be aligned with life and therefore any movement we make towards life is more healthful, more flowing, more vitality, more living vital force coming through us and expressing through us. And uh, that is a beautiful path. <laughs> it's a very beautiful path. Um, and it's a path that I, I think, I feel, I feel very strongly. I, I've, I have an embodied, passionate sense of um, a lot of us are being called to to um, not just accept what's being given to us, not accept the pap from the supermarket um, full of additives and packaging and nonsense that comes from God knows where in the world and God knows what kind of conditions the people were working in who, who are bringing it to us. Um, huge amounts of energy being spent when we could walk down the garden and pick it or make a, a loving relationship with a neighbour who doesn't use their garden to grow the food there and so on. I mean, not obviously, it's not as simple as just have a vegetable garden and everything is solved in the world. But equally, just that metaphor of the difference between a packet of nettle tea that I mean, who knows, how on earth would they grow nettles? I, I really wonder. I, I don't know if they're cultivated in a very specific way, but I wouldn't want a nettle that was cultivated. I, I would very specifically always choose a nettle or a rose or a walnut that was from a non-cultivated place, like this, the abandoned garden in front of my house, um, where I know that it hasn't been touched or sprayed or, or people who are picking it, i.e., me 
uh, wasn't doing it in a way that was regimented and forced and them having to slave away every day, uh, working from dawn till dusk and striving to get coin. The difference between me doing it and me picking a little box of a, a fraction of the amount that I would get just in five minutes if I went down and picked like five plants um, and cut them and brought them up to the house. The fraction of what I'm actually getting, the crumbs of what I'm getting by something that's probably sprayed in some way or preserved in some way that isn't as, as nice as leaving it on the balcony or having it down in my natural uh, geothermal ambient cantina uh, cellar. Um, the difference of the energetics of what I'm taking in and the difference of my relationship with it. This is such a, a perfect metaphor for taking in information as well that my dad was asking, you know, but how would, how do you know what to believe? And and I know this is a very wordy way of saying how, how you know what to believe, but we do know what to believe. We absolutely do. It's just that we're not necessarily trusting ourselves to do so. Uh, we know very well something is is suspect. We know very well that big corporations are not to be trusted. No, no big corporations are be trust to be trusted. From pharmaceuticals to Oxfam to the British, the British Library, the BBC, like none of these things are to be trusted because of the size of them. Be- just because by the scaling up of a thing, it inherently has to involve pulling lots of energy from lots of people slaving away down the bottom and forcing energy into a particular structure and shape. It's very, very inefficient way of thriving, very inefficient ways of getting our information. The information coming to us has to come, if it's real information, it has to come through an intimate source and and also to be something that we feel that we naturally trust because not because they're just thinking and saying the same words that we are saying and thinking, but because it fits into the, the, the whole picture, a very large and complex panoramic view of all things and how all the things fit into each other, how above reflects below, how the microcosm reflects the macrocosm. Once we understand that our cells behave in similar way to planets and similar ways to energy and in similar ways to flows of meridians in the body everything starts to make sense when we understand that there's a there are patterns and metaphors that come up through the levels up through the levels of reality physical emotional energetic conscious psychic and so on and that's when we start to sense the full body yes like what the full body affirmation is it's something that's felt in our cells in our bones in our organs in our whole being as one it's not something that fires a synapse and then we go along that synapse and tick a box it's not something that we put a pigeon in a hole <laughs> and um close it with a wee latch it's a very big difference hearing news from 
organisations or groups of people, living men and women, who are seeking the benefit of the whole, for example, than it is hearing regurgitated regurgitated propaganda that somebody has been told by the TV, effectively, who are all in line with the agenda and all in line with the, the mainstream pharmaceutical medicalization of life and cutting us off from our ability to heal ourselves and so on and so forth. Um, there's also the whole dynamic of moving from being outwardly focused into the mainstream in the superficial distorted view of things which is usually actually quite significantly inverted reality very often like actually you can read the news by inverting it and saying the exact opposite and that will be very often be closer to the truth and of course there's a way of inverting it not just saying black is white and white is black but there's a way of inverting the news and understanding um what the agenda wants you to believe so that you can then turn it around and <laughs> and find what the actual truth of what's really happening behind it and what you want to believe which is again always aligning with source nature and health and well-being and expansiveness and happiness and and beauty and love so It is a, a very difficult journey to begin, but the 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 thing about knowing oneself and knowing through sentience rather than through rigid thinking, the transition um, is one that, to me, that works in, in waves and maybe in fits and starts at first, but then it, it starts to expand exponentially um, it starts to accelerate exponentially and it starts to intensify exponentially as in it gets more and more intensely expansively beautiful the more we go in that direction the direction of the way the direction of what's right and good and the direction of health vitality and most importantly, the health, vitality, well-being, expansion of the whole, the well-being of the whole rather than the individual. Um, that's a, a very distinctive, uh, significant um, factor in discerning. I feel that um, the more we align with the whole, the more what's good for the whole is is what's best for us also but on the way it, it can be very confusing at first trying to make the right choice as we see it and take in the right information find the right facts my sense of it all is that getting the right facts as it were is very much about where the where there's dynamism and living uh, conversation and living voice and living thinking, something that is inherently evolving and moving rather than a solid label for a thing, a solid definitive set of words. Um, there are so many issues in how our language has developed and how it's been developed specifically to 
trick us into being trapped in, in ways of being and doing and separation and blockedness and, <laughs> and um, holding back, holding back always rather than leaning forward into life. Um, so part of my sense of discerning is, does this liberate us all? Is this truth helping? Is it moving forward? Is it um, lubricating life or, or is it shutting it down? Is it closing it? Is it holding back? Is it contracting me? Is it contracting my projection onto things around me? You know, what, what's, it, what's it contributing to my life? Or, or is it just taking from me? Is it taking from everything? Um, and it's not that we can just get on a happy, happy road where everything's jolly and, and pretty and lovely and sweet and soft. At the same time, it also is because that's, that's our true nature, our inherent nature. Like we only have our inherent nature is this structure is supple. The movement only needs structure in as much as it helps the movement to go in the direction that it wanted to go. The the beauty wants to express itself. The vitality wants to express itself. The uniqueness wants to express itself. The biodiversity, the spectrum, um, the differences, the beautiful symbiotic differences want to express themselves. And, and that's part of, of what this whole thing is that's going on just now. There is a low, a huge download on multiple levels and multifarious levels going on into the human consciousness, into reality, into our beingness, into ourselves, into our, the way we're relating to each other. And um, each of us is catching it in a particular way with our pelvic bowls catching it in there and reverberating it, transmuting it and releasing it into reality in, in different ways, like completely different ways, beautifully different colours and hues and vibrations and playfulness and um, yeah. Um, just I just keep getting an, an image of a rainbow. Rainbows and stars all twinkling at different um, angles and uh, levels of intensity of light. I think that uh, a lot of our, what we get stuck in, a lot of what I've been stuck in is particularly the younger I was, the more I wanted a label on things and Again, I've, I've mentioned this a few times in recent podcasts, but the simple fact is in terms of health, especially in terms of very serious health challenges, the labelling, the putting of a word on a thing, the labelling of it, which isn't, of course, it's not just labelling, it's, it's all the negative conditioning behind that label all the definitive mantras that, that talk about death and talk about destruction and the impossibility of healing, all of these lies, absolute damned lies, like really evil lies that are said about us 
that as soon as you get a label, cancer, stroke, failed heart, thrombosis, whatever the word is, it's fixed in us, fixed, fixed. And that fixing allows a whole download of information that, yeah, we, we often hear people who've been diagnosed and go into the hospital, they're, they're saying the exact same mantras and the mantras are towards death. They're not mantras for life. They're not mantras for activating their bodies infinitely powerful healing capacity to step out of the downward spiral that they're in and step into an upwards one or an expansive one, a life full one rather than a lifeless one, a, a contracting one. So um, again, the, the, the hanging in the balance of, of wanting a diagnosis, wanting to know what is wrong with me, wanting to know what is wrong with the world is it's much easier to fall into the mainstream um, death spiral than it is to step into an expansive spiraling upwards that's just the facts like all of the facilities are there for you all of the myriad folk who will just repeat and repeat and repeat these same phrases to you saying that there is no way it's fit it's too complicated you have to treat it aggressively you have to go with the mainstream aggressive treatment you have to cut it out you know you must it's urgent you must do it now you have to do this now or you're going to die or you're going to suffer horrendously um of course not telling you that you're going to suffer even more horrendously by taking conventional aggressive approach to your illness uh, or your symptoms um so yeah we we come i feel i know that we come across many crossroads like very literal crossroads where we can delve deeper into the expansiveness or we can delve deeper backwards into the system and into the aggressive frictional way of dealing with life and dealing with symptoms dealing with dis-ease within ourselves um, and again the discernment comes down to we can only know from the source within us which is the source of everything it, our source is the source of all things um, not from an egoic place but from just a simple factor of the microcosm reflecting the macrocosm and we're not going to get the truth in our in our challenges, symptoms, problems in life, in the bigger problems or the littler problems. We're not going to find the solution by going to an extremity of our body, mind or spirit. We have to go to the core of it to get the real answer, to really deal, find the solution that's going to join things up from centre to external and um, bring us in, in line with life and source. And the, the only way to do that is to come down into our body. Um, the way to not do it is to come up into our head and 
have a label and a pigeonhole and a box and machinery and structure of labelling and um, allowing vast amounts of conditioning to be poured into our being that will essentially construct the illness that we're that we're thinking of and getting conditioned into us poured into us um and similarly with the the news mainstream news mainstream information we're all creating this you know we're creating it we're creating the governments that we're choosing we're creating the economic structures that we're choosing and we're stuck in this little crunching grinding wheel that's going backwards all the time and digging us into the mud all the time ah digging us into the quagmire into the darkness and the stuckness because we're not choosing to move towards life and we we could just as easily in fact much more easily much more eventually effortfully effortlessly than the effortful grinding backwards into like there's a lot of force that has to go into grinding backwards a lot of force that has to go into going against life huge amounts of complex structures and conditioning and relentless propaganda relentless pushing and pushing and pushing and effortfulness and the way forward is is just about not going that way that's all it is just not going that way so simple, so gentle. That's what the discernment is, knowing that, trusting that and building like layer upon layer upon layer of undoing. (laughs) It's not about doing per se, it's really about undoing. I mean, it is involving doing because at some point I have to go and pick the herbs or at some point I have to go and talk with a person that I need to talk with or make connection and find right solution um, that ultimately will reverberate out into the whole like if I take good care of myself ultimately it's going to inspire other people to take good care of themselves if I liberate my economic contributions to the world and uh, the release myself from slavery if effectively that's going to have a liberating effect on everybody in the world, everybody on the whole. And um, yeah, everything I do, every tiny micro movement, every tiny micro choice and the bigger choices, all all are going towards that or, or not towards that. And again, it, it, it does come down for, for myself and my own experience, it does come down to feeling just being able to sense what's right and what's wrong and it's not a mysterious thing it's not a very hard to find thing it doesn't it involves sweat involves sweat and effort and dedication and all these things but it's like that's not a bad thing when you're doing it it's just a relief mostly in my in my experience it my movement into discerning what's really right and what's really going on in the world and ingesting the right information. Yeah, there have been some hardcore points of sitting down and slogging away at reading through things and bending my mind around new ideas and forcing myself to just 
think through a thing, talk through a thing and sitting down with it. Yeah, there's a, it's a lot of work. Um, at the same time, everything that I've dug into, everything that I've put effort into learning about has liberated me. So in the long term, I'm carrying a lot less weight. I'm carrying a, like no weight of guilt, no weight of distrust, no weight of fear or contraction. I don't have those weights. I'm not carrying them anymore because I don't need them and I don't invest in them. I'm not fearful for my health. I'm not fearful of contamination or infection or manipulation or tyranny because I know that I'm not doing those things to myself. Um, and as such, I can support others in their journey out of that, um, out of tyrannising their own bodies, um, sabotaging their own bodies or mind or spirit or allegiance to external governance when really they can govern themselves very efficiently and beautifully. Um, yeah, we live in this extraordinary time where we're, we're realising what our actual nature is and, and what we can do with it, particularly if we're working collectively. So I was, I was just chatting with somebody on the hive.blog and he was saying about how instead of buying a packet of cigarettes, he would go and buy like, you know, half a kilo of seeds and go and sow them here and there around the place. <clears throat> um, and what that might produce, what what it might bring, the vegetables it might produce, the plants it might produce, the abundance uh, and the harvest it might produce for the people around him that he can then go and harvest and share with folk and the smiles on their faces and the joy in their hearts and the gratitude, the sense of connection and nourishment and so on. Um, instead of somebody sitting on their own smoking a cigarette. It's quite a it's quite a a transition, isn't it? Um yeah, moving, transitioning into gift and knowing that if I throw a load of seeds out randomly, even, without much planning, I certainly will harvest a lot more and a lot of people around me will benefit a lot more and that'll have a knock on radiating effect rather than gifting somebody my passive smoking <laughs> and walking into a room and filling the room with the stink of smoke, even after I've stopped smoking it um, and throwing a butt on the, a cigarette butt on the ground and that going into the system and the smoke going into the air and, you know, just the whole thing is like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Not negating the... The medicinal properties of tobacco and tobacco organically grown and ceremonially used, that's a whole other discussion. But um, the majority of us are not using it in that way. And just the beauty of feeding the whole, nourishing the whole, gifting the whole, returning life to gift rather than life, sabotaging life and life taking from the world and spewing something bad out into the world. Um, yeah, really, really amazing transition that I think a lot of us are making just now and thinking about 
the effect that we have on the world just now and shifting into a, a completely different gear. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of beautiful um, energies waking up all around and, and I, I look forward very much to talking about it more. I hope this podcast is of use to you. I hope it, it gives you something beautiful and and practical and useful in your life. Um, blessings on you. Blessings on your day, your night, your week, your year. Um, if you'd like to hear more about these kind of ideas, come and join me on my mailing list via my website. Come and support my work if you can afford to send some fiat currency or support me on cryptocurrency platforms like the hive come and join us on the hive uh, changing social media and worldwide connectivity and um, educating ourselves about plants and ways of exchanging energy and each other's cultures and foods and so on um yeah yeah enjoy my work via living in the gift livingingift.com yeah i've got a whole transmission about transitioning into gift that you can enjoy there and yeah support me on patreon or send me a gift via paypal that's always very very welcome i have a few expenses that i've been so blessed to receive gifts around recently tires for the car must be done before this winter they were meant to be done last winter um, I really need a bigger stove. I'm, I'm using my camping stove, which is, it's a great wee stove. It puts out a lot of heat, but it really doesn't heat the bedroom in the winter. And I'm going to need more, more heat in the bedroom. Um, so I, I do need a bigger stove and I'm thinking I can maybe get one from for under 300 euros, but working on that. But I also have to pay the car insurance, electricity bills and various other things this month. So yeah, any gift that you can support towards that is amazing um, and it's wonderful to get a, an ongoing income from patreon and from the hive to support me doing these things and keeping doing podcasts and keeping doing live painting sessions i'm very excited this sunday i'm going to start doing live painting sessions every sunday for now at 4 p.m rome time but check below this post uh, below this podcast or via my website for up to date about that and check on my mailing list my newsletter I'll send that out um, hopefully before every session much love always reach out if you have any questions or responses to what I'm sharing here and um, be well be alive be vital be expansive and yeah I hope to meet you on the way um, as we carry us all into higher and higher realms of, of beauty and love. Blessings on you. So much love. Ciao.